Go Law Enforcement. Go Law Enforcement. Go Law Enforcement. Go Law Enforcement. The podcast that makes your law enforcement dreams happen. Welcome to the Go Law Enforcement podcast brought to you by GoLawEnforcement.com. I'm your host, Joe Lebowski. Passing the police exam is a vital step towards becoming a law enforcement officer. GoLawEnforcement.com can help you pass the police exam and get a score that will get you hired. Check out GoLawEnforcement.com. Oscar Grajales is a special agent with the U.S. Department of State Diplomatic Security Service. And in this episode of the Go Law Enforcement podcast, Agent Grajales discusses a case where Americans, and not just a few, were abducted and held captive in Kenya by criminal syndicates in reacculturation facilities for months, even longer, with some being tortured. My name is Oscar Grajales. I am a special agent with Diplomatic Security Service. I am currently recording this from Costa Rica, San Jose, Costa Rica. I am the Assistant Regional Security Officer for Investigations in the Office of Criminal Investigations at the U.S. Embassy in San Jose, Costa Rica. I have always wanted to be in law enforcement. I can't ever really think of a time when I didn't. It was just always sort of in me. So ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a police officer or something with law enforcement, for sure. I was living in Washington, D.C. I was in law school. And I did not like it. (laughs) Um, My parents really wanted me to go to law school. And so after my first semester, I was like, you know what? I need to take a break. This law school thing isn't for me, but I've always wanted to be a police officer. So I applied to be a police officer with the Metropolitan Police Department. And I became an officer with MPD in D.C. And then after that, uh, I was there for several years, for three years, roughly. I met my wife, and we decided to move to Burlington, Vermont. Uh, So I became a police officer in Burlington, Vermont, and I was a police officer there for about three years or so. So I was three years at MPD and three years in Burlington. My transition to federal law enforcement, so there's two aspects of me anyway. Um, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I've always wanted to do something in law enforcement, and I'm also, um, what's the word, Uh, fancy schmancy or peripatetic. I like to move around. I like to do different things. And I've always known that the State Department, Diplomatic Security, has this great law enforcement agency, Diplomatic Security Service. And you do so many different cool things and you move around all over the world and you have different taskings and different jobs all throughout your career. So for me, it fit me like a glove. I get to do law enforcement Um, on an international level and travel and be all over the place. We're sort of, my wife and I are sort of wanders. The mission of diplomatic security is to ensure a safe and secure environment for the conduct of U.S. diplomacy. And we do a lot of criminal investigations, visa and passport fraud investigations worldwide. We do a lot of human smuggling, human trafficking, types of investigations as well. Diplomatic security has the largest global reach of any other U.S. law enforcement organization. We are all over the world. 
I think we're in roughly 170 countries, 270-ish U.S. embassies and consulates around the world. We're in 33 U.S. cities as well. We do protection. We protect the Secretary of State. We protect dignitaries in the United States from abroad. We secure the embassies. We do all of the security for the embassies, the people, the information. Our breadth of responsibility is enormous. What countries have I worked in? Well, I've worked in lots and lots of countries. I've done short-term TDYs or temporary duty assignments in China, in Somalia. We've lived several years in India, lived several years in Kenya. I'll be three years in Costa Rica. We also lived in New York City, in New Orleans, in Washington. So we've lived and moved a lot. So what is it like to move around with the family or with or without the family and and how did that career progress like that? Well, for us, for my family, we love it. My children have actually never lived anywhere for more than two years. Every time you move, you get a new assignment, you get a new job, which again, fits us perfectly well. Every two to three years, depending on your assignment, even in some assignments, it's one year if it's, if it's a high threat post. Every two to three years, you have to bid on your next position. And it can be any consulate, any embassy, anywhere in the United States where there is a position open for a special agent. The case that I was asked to talk about for this interview was a case that happened when I was at the U.S. Embassy in Nairobi, Kenya. So in Kenya, there are government-licensed reacculturation facilities that are set up to teach culture to Somalis or the Somali diaspora whose families believe that they may have lost touch with tradition while living abroad because there's a big Somali diaspora because of what's happening in the country. So there's these reacculturation centers that say, hey, you know, if you are part of the diaspora, you can come here and we can help you bring you back to your roots. There are also, in Nairobi, Kenya, unlicensed facilities. And these unlicensed facilities will oftentimes collaborate with family members to deceive other relatives into traveling to Kenya from the United States or from Europe or from other nations, even in Kenya or Somalia. These unlicensed facilities, the facilities that have bad reputations or are basically criminal syndicates, they will abduct some of the Somali younger folks upon their arrival. And they can come from anywhere the victims that are in these unlicensed facilities can come from anywhere. As a matter of fact, when we first started working this, we realized that they were coming from the United States, from the UK, Canada, Tanzania, Norway, Australia, Somalia itself, Kenya. So it was really not just a US problem, but it really was an issue all over. So basically what would happen was if you have a first generation let's say an American, a first-generation American, and they've been living in the United States their whole lives, and their parents immigrated to the country, some of them, and, and again, this is just 
uh, some of the examples that we were seeing in some of these unlicensed facilities, the family would say, hey, you know, Nana is sick. Uh, why don't we go back to Kenya? Why don't we go to Kenya so you can see Nana and we'll pay for your flight to go over there. So the kid, you know, normally late teens, early 20s, would fly over to Kenya to see Nana and then they would be picked off the street from some of these unlicensed facilities and they would be abducted. Some of them were abducted and kept there against their will, some for a few weeks. I even interviewed somebody who had been there for over a year. Uh, so it was a very, it was a terrible problem. The way that I got into this investigation was some of the victims of these unlicensed reacculturation facilities were from the United States. They were American. So one day I'm at the embassy and this young man comes to the embassy and says, hey, I've been kidnapped and I've been beaten and I, all of these horrible things have happened to me in this part of town and they abducted me and I was able to escape. Please help me. So we did. We actually got him back to the United States as quickly as we could. Um, we started involving host country law enforcement. We started involving the front office. A couple months later, we got somebody else who came to the embassy and filed a complaint that something similar had happened to him. And then roughly around the same time, ACS, American Citizen Services at the embassy, received an email from somebody who had stolen a phone from the inside of one of these reacculturation facilities and basically said, help me. So we decided, because this was becoming very exigent, this wasn't something that could wait. We worked with our law enforcement Kenyan partners, and we started just working with everybody, with consular, with ACS, with RSO, front office, with, with everybody to find out what was happening. Once we were able to get a raid together, the raid was conducted by law enforcement of the Kenyan government. Um, we were out. We, we can't actually do parts of those raids, but we assisted in all of the preparation. Anyway, so inside of this first reacculturation facility that we found, I remember speaking to one of the police officers afterwards, and he was shaking his head and he said, I cannot believe this is happening in my country. When the Kenyan police went in there, there were, I don't know, roughly 40 to 50 individuals, all captive, in horrible conditions, horrible conditions. Many of them were chained to the walls and had been chained for weeks, months. The police officer told me, he said, you know, we walked into this one room and there was still blood all over the wall. There were chains, there were whips. Um, it was a torture place. It was heartbreaking. I met the victims. We met the victims, our team, which included, by the way, it was a lot of security personnel, but it was also included consular. Uh, consular was there to assist our Americans in need. And there was also other uh, embassies from other countries because we found victims uh, who were from other countries. So they sent representatives to be able to assist their own citizens. And I remember being at the, at the police station and starting to interview many of these victims. And there were a few of them that were missing digits, fingers, that as punishment for whatever it was that they, some, whatever thing that they did while they were in captivity, they removed fingers. 
one was very fresh. Um, I remember interviewing somebody who had taken, I don't know, a hatchet or something to the head. His eyes were still red. He was still stitched up. It was just terrible. But what was really heartening about it was there were people there who were still in change. They were literally still in change. I have photos of it for the case. And they were so happy. They were so happy to get out. So that was happening, not just in one center, but that happened in several centers. We set up investigations to start investigating several different centers around Nairobi with these unlicensed facilities. The government of Kenya was raiding a lot of these places and freeing so many people, hundreds of people, actually, as time went on. But it was hundreds of people anyway while I was there. And then when I left, because we were rotating out, the person who took over for my position, he continued. And he built great relationships also with the Kenyan government and continued with this investigation and with this work on rescuing these people that had been abducted and tortured for so long. So that was sort of what was happening there. That's how that case began. How do you position yourself for a career in law enforcement? You know, I know this sounds cliche. I know. I get it. I get it. It's totally cliche. But you really, really have to want to genuinely help people. You need to be a good person. You need to have that drive to help people because it's easy in law enforcement. You know, people get very excited about the authority and the power that that comes with this type of job, but there's so much responsibility. And at the end of the day, we are public servants. And if you have that drive to help people, then this would be a wonderful career for you. And how do you prepare for it? Um, you don't give up. You know how many times I have applied to different police departments, to different federal agencies, and was rejected? Oh, dozens and dozens of times. You just keep at it and keep at it, and you work hard. I got very, very lucky that diplomatic security picked me up. I think it took me three times to finally, I, I applied two or three times before I got it. By the way, I didn't get it on my first try and neither on my second try. Um, so you have to keep at it. This job is absolutely, without a doubt, the best job, for me anyway, out there. I think that if anybody is considering joining diplomatic security, I, I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful place to be. To view photographs mentioned by Agent Grahalis from the raid in Kenya, Go to golawenforcement.com and click on the Articles tab, or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening.